Um, how are you feeling from this weekend? Good. I mean, uh, like uh, I just sent you a note that 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 fast thirty at the end of a long zone two, zone three ride. I mean, I I felt it. It was. I was I was on a Zwift group ride, and it was one of those where they have a a, a C group or C group, B group, A group, and they leave off at different times. And so we were about to catch the other group and it was probably 30 minutes, 25 minutes of riding left. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, well, I'm not going to break away from the group, but I can ride at the front and chase, you know, and help close this gap down. And it was hard, you know, it was 2,400 KJ ride and it felt good to actually have a, and this is a realist, physic, physically a realistic race effort, you know, and yeah. It'd been a while since I had, you know, dug that deep on a, on a free ride. You know, it's one thing if you're like doing a 10 minute interval. Yeah, of course, you know, but this is just free ride and, and um, just trying to stay in front of a pack and it, it wasn't easy. So I'm going to actually, I will start the uh, podcast from before this. We might as well just talk about this. So what exactly was the, the fast 30? So people know so, it was fast 30. Yeah, so this was the last 30 minutes of, in this case, a zone two, zone three ride. I wanted to ride three hours, um, or let's, I wanted to ride two and a half. So my, I rode two hours at zone two, zone three. Um, and then the last half hour, I just was to ride fast, which may, you know, if I was out on the open road would have meant, you know, coast you know, getting arrow on, on some, some rollers going downhill, hitting them on the way back up. Um, you know, just keeping the bike rolling and being fast away from, you know, a chase group, we'll say, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, again, on a Zwift ride. So I was just staying in front of this group that, um, was closing down a, you know, a group that was 40 seconds in front of us. And, and same concept though, you still, you still got to roll and stay, stay towards the front. And at the end of a ride like that, I mean, my, I was feeling it in my legs. Yeah. I think sure. the, so that, the KJ deep rides, I mean, Tanner Ward was talking about this a little bit in the last podcast. I just recorded <clears> with him the other day. He has a coach from New Zealand and I'd asked him, what are some things that kind of she added in that made things harder for him? And he said, he's like, dude, I was listening to one of your previous podcasts and you were talking about these KJ deep rides that you've done. And he's like, you know, go ride and put in two, three thousand, four thousand KJs, and then do intervals. And there's a lot of ways that you can do them. I mean, you know, you can do them where you're doing a 20 minute interval at one thousand KJs, then two thousand, then three thousand, and four thousand. And mentally, the ride goes by really much quicker when you're looking forward to the next 20. Like, oh God, this is gonna, how's this gonna go? And uh, I also think it's very similar to these like Fartlek VO2 max rides. Not in the sense that you're staying fast, but like the roads dictating things. And I did one yesterday where I just wanted to start opening up some efforts and hadn't, I was like, man, I don't even know what a five minute VO2 max effort feels like. And I knew my legs wouldn't want to cooperate. I knew that my lungs would be there from, I continually do aerofit fit more than ever now as the season's getting closer. But it was, you know, interesting, like doing a three minute VO2 max hard start. I was like, by 90 seconds, I was like, this sport is freaking hard. <laughs> really? How deep, how deep ride were you at that point? Uh, so this one, I was not necessarily doing KJ deep. I was more doing just like fart lick, like letting the road dictate it. But I would say 
the lot, I mean, towards the end, it ended up being in four and a half hours, I did 5,300 KJs. So once I hit 4,000 at like three and a half hours, I was feeling them like the efforts were shorter. Surprisingly, it's like with Lactigo, you don't feel that onset right away. So I would still like stand up and do 550, 600 watts. And then after about 90 seconds, you're like, oh yeah, okay, that's yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's just amazing. I don't know. I'm, I was, it was actually a season PR for me from like two hours and 40 minutes until the end, just kind of on off wow. on off. And the off parts, my biggest thing was I was trying to stay like 320 plus. So, you know, really like super low tempo Technic, I mean, technically it's like high endurance, but, um, so how long, how long a stretch was that PR? It sounds like it had a lot of variability to it. You were, you were going hard and then you were dropping down, but not dropping way down to like recovery spin. So how, no, how long? Oh no, yeah. I should actually look, let me see if I can get this up real quickly. But yeah, I was never really going to zero. I was just trying to, and that's the other thing. It's like, I was never really going for a, uh, like a max effort. Cause I knew if I went max, then I would be gassed and I'd have to go super easy. I really want to try and keep pushing it. The, I mean, my best hour had like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight efforts in it. And they look pretty. There's one that's 38 minutes to, yeah, they're like 90 second efforts. There's one that's from 51 to it's like, two minutes and 45 seconds and then another one like that so but yeah i look at the low the off portions is like 320 370 315 300 so yeah i mean i'm definitely moving and if i look at the distribution it's four percent active recovery 30 percent endurance 35% tempo, 11.5% threshold, 7% VO2 max, 12% anaerobic. So it was I'm trying to go where that was on the ride. Yeah, I was going, it was, oh, it was actually right when I started. Yeah, so right after I warmed up and then started hitting it. So, and now that I look at it, it's actually way more than eight efforts. The one view doesn't show it as well. It's a lot of efforts. So do you think do you think your style of riding, do you think you're if you went out and we're gonna do a 40 minute, let's just say or an hour, whatever, um max watt, would you prefer to go steady state and hit your number and above um to get that average number? Because mm -hmm. you know, I did that max watt last week, I think it was, and I, I was it was interesting to go back and look and see that my previous best were all highly variable, like races or 30 on 30 off or, you know, something with a, a lot of, of peaks and valleys to it. So how we generate our, the Watts can be totally, totally different. Totally. Not I think, and that's why looking at one metric is super dangerous. Like what's your best average power? It could be, well, are we talking best average power from a time trial and we're worried about it because we're going to be doing more TTs this year, or is it best average power because you went out and did a crit and it was super hard. It's like, well, average power doesn't really tell you much. It's not, I mean, it's great to have a high average power, but it's like, did you win? 
did you did the you know like what is the draw you know yeah. there's so many metrics it's you just, you think you your style of writing though you would generate more power a higher average if you went steady state yeah you personally. i suck going over threshold and no I'm, i i don't think i would i don't think yeah. i would um i think it would be it would be pretty close i mean My natural inclination is to ride steady state. And in the past, probably 18 months, two years, I've gotten much better at doing VO2 max and recovering. Um, You know, having so, it's just like when I look at my training life, I've had so much threshold work. We barely ever used to train VO2 max. I was just like, my coach never was said, you get your VO2 max during racing and stuff. Cool. And then it was like, uh, it's not not really true anymore. Like we're all seeing that you can get to your you you're not at your physiological max unless you're doing 25 hours a week and racing a ton. And most people aren't riding that much. So now the game has changed, and we realize you should be training it more. And like full on blocks of it are a great thing. Do I wish I had done that uh, 10 years ago? Yeah, but that's every athlete. Every athlete wants to know more than before. I just think that the low, I can't go high enough. I mean, it's just also like generating, and I guess it's, there's got to be a scale because also if I have to generate, if my FTP, if I can go do over 400 watts for an hour, the problem is going to be if I go harder and let's say I go and do 600 watts, it's just a lot of watts. I, I can't even comprehend do, going on, off, on, off. Um, I guess it's something that we could test. Sure as hell don't want to test that though. It sounds brutal. Uh, the only the other thing that would might maybe be interesting is like, okay, what happens if you do four forty and try and do three eighty? Yeah, I guess it'd be the same thing. I can't do four twenty though for an hour. I don't even know what my best ever is, but I, I don't I don't think I could do four twenty for an hour. I don't know. Anyways. Oh, human, man. What's that? Unhuman. That's big a big dude. number. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the number, I mean, geez, there's so many. And that's the other thing too. I'm like, I was thinking the other day, yesterday, I was like, God, this, if I had known what deadlifts would do, I just think if an athlete, if a cyclist is like deadlifts don't help, they must never climb a hill. They must never smash. Like I was, dude, I just felt so boss yesterday compared to like other rides when it, like some days you're just like god i feel like i could rip the cranks off and um it is the deadlifting like my lifts have felt so good recently like so controlled so much more weight um i don't know it's huge and then i hate to be the freaking poster boy but lack to go it's just like the training stacked on top of itself time and time and time again it's actually what Chris Della Sega, the Ashton Lambie strength coach was talking about all these 1% gains. And like, you know, I was talking to him about when do you lift more? Can you lift more? And he's a big fan of like, if you can do, do more, don't overtrain yourself, but do more, all these little things that stack on top of each other. And I'm like, that's literally what Lactigo is trying to preach. Like all these little additions and now having used that stuff since September, like I'm already seeing changes in my body that I'm like, this is crazy. If this stuff was around 10 years ago and I knew to do VO2, that's the thing. If I could 
have lactigo, do deadlifts, and train VO2 max, damn. But you never know. I mean, things happen for a reason, so. You're doing now, so better late than never, I guess. Exactly, dude. Fastest at 40. I mean, I actually tweeted Holden Comu, the big Zwift indoor guy who was in the national uh, world championships, and he is 42, I want to say. And he – there's an – was it a video I was watching? He's like, it's just in, insane. If somebody told me when I was 35 that I would still be getting faster at 42, I'd say it's not physiologically possible. And he's having his best years time and time again. And I look back at myself when I was 28, 29, and people were like, 33 is going to be your best year. And I'm like, I sucked then compared to now. I'm so much stronger. Like – you just got to keep going. Like things change. Training gets better. We're going to find out more stuff. Better product will come out. Recovery will get better. I was thinking yesterday too. I'm like, you know, if I just stay with this, if I just keep being consistent, by the time I'm 50 and I race other 50-year-olds, one benefit, I think, and I, you, know, you can't predict the future. I'm pretty sure we're not going to have children. That uh, if I can stay consistent, a lot of people veer off in their 40s. They get busy. Their kids are busy. And then they come back like late 40s. Like they're going to have to catch up. Whereas if I can just stay consistent, like maybe I can win some national championships at 50 plus. And I don't know. I'm curious who I'll race in 45 plus. You got a tough group. That's always a freaking animals. Yeah. I mean, along the lines of what you're talking about, though, I mean, even taking, you know, five years off or whatever not you know not completely off but off from racing coming back I mean I'm feeling as strong as I ever have and you know it's it's a lot of things you're talking about you know you you feel like you got to lift you feel like you got to eat better you feel like you got to recover better in order to make up for lost time and what ends up happening is like man I think I'm going to have my my best numbers ever this year if I, if I keep this up you know mm-hmm. At 45. Dude, yeah. I mean, it's – and that's what I – yeah, it's well said. I could go off on a tangent there, but I won't. Let that – let's actually roll into – that's one of the things we want to talk about, your max duration effort. You had messaged me, and this was a good message. It was kind of like you just felt like this was good. And I think – I don't know if we're verbalizing it more now or – um you know, through different means of literally telling people like sometimes, you know, I think one, sorry, my mind's going in a few different ways. There was one podcast I put up about talking about, you know, like you're trying to increase Watts. You're trying to increase the duration that you're doing of the same Watts. You're trying to reduce the rest interval, or as we talked about, you're doing intervals KJD. The removing the rest interval has come up in some athletes uh, training where they're like, I just felt it and I rolled it. And I'm like, dude, that's great. Like people are actually thinking about this because there are days where you're just like, I feel like I could crush this. And sometimes you want to do it. You know, if you're preparing for a specific, specific event, going full tilt is not always it. But like, if you feel like you can set the PR, like go set it. Um, As long as it's not going to hurt your training plan of whatever you have coming down the road. But, Sometimes people are like, oh, well, I want to stick to the plan. I think I could have crushed that. It's like, well, maybe today was the day that you unleash it. And you were feeling, you had emailed me. Um, let's talk about kind of what were you thinking? You were like, hey, I kind of want to go crank out like a longer effort. Not an hour. You specifically said not an hour. 
but maybe like <laughs> maybe because you know it's gonna be like one hour maybe a 20 or 30 minute effort what were you thinking what was like the could you feel in the legs could you feel them like i just need to go attack this um where were you at yeah so you know we had we had worked i don't know maybe four or six weeks of a good mix of you know, extensive and intensive work, a little bit of some crisscross stuff. And, and I was watching my TTE move out from, you know, like 34 minutes. And I, I don't remember where it ended up, but it was maybe somewhere like 55 minutes at, at the same FTP, which I think was around 319. And we were doing these, um, a lot of the, some of this crisscross stuff. And I'm just, Man, I, I felt like define that for okay, the people. I just define sorry, define yeah. that for Yeah, so so we were working um let's say just below threshold and then we would do do ten minutes above threshold or or burst above threshold or you know whatever that, that day's workout you know may may entail. Total but, time above threshold, not a ten minute right. Yeah. Right, right. Total time. You just got to be careful time. what you're and saying because people are literally going to listen and go and do this. And so you're going to send someone on like a 10 minute VO2 max interval, which does not exist. <laughs> right. Total, total time and zone. And um, I just felt like I could push um, without the, the recovery, I could go longer. And so I, I just got a feeling like if I did a 25 minute effort or a 30 minute effort, um, I, I could definitely. Mm-hmm. that's good and i think it's good to think about things that way it's like we've there's okay i uh, i don't want to i never try to reinvent the wheel and i tell some people like my intervals they're like okay so am i gonna have to program all this stuff in when a new athlete starts i'm like oh just fyi my intervals are gonna be like pretty as basic as you get like i don't have like up up left down left round you got to do this and then you gotta spin up to this and then you gotta decrease to this and then add this number da 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 but at the same time, sometimes be creative in the ways that you try to get to your end point. Like I was doing these six minute intervals and doing four minutes rest. So six by six and then rest four minutes in between. And then it was the next week, six by six with two minutes rest. And then the next week, six by five and no rest. So it's a 30 minute interval. And a couple of people emailed me like, dude, I tried that. I just said a 30 minute best. And it's like, well, see, there's just, there's ways to like, trick yourself around like just start thinking of it that way and you're doing that like hey i think i could i don't need this rest like i think i'm good and so this kind of goes to what patrick was talking about in our micro wins and micro goals conversation like own the training be a part of it don't just follow the schedule so we put down on that i think we had said like hey just do a 20 or 30 like whatever feels good and go for it and so how did you what was how did that day play out what was the execution yeah, so so I went. Um, I just got on the got on the trainer, good warm up, and then um, I was gonna go for a twenty five minute, twenty five minute effort. And I think I was three fifty seven after ten minutes, and I was shooting for around three fifty for the average. Um, and I still felt good, but I was starting to. I, you know, you start playing in your head. And so I'm at 17 minute mark and I'm like, screw it. I'm just going to make this a 20 minute effort, not a 25. And so <laughs> then I, then I, then I juice the last three minutes. 
Um, and then I think it settled in at 349 for the total 20. But in hindsight, I kind of messed myself up because I didn't, I rode too hard for 25 and didn't ride as hard as I could have for 20. So it ended up, you know, it ended up being a solid ride and, and accomplished what I wanted to accomplish. But there's still more watts on the table if I did it again tomorrow, you know. And I, I can't remember said, oh, now, did you, like, did you do what I said, like, power doping is the is it like this and then the last three minutes are like this like just a jack yeah so it was it would have been it would have been you know steady for 10 then a little bit of drop for seven and then way up for the last three yeah so you should have kept it steady for the other seven and then done 25 but yeah so so then what i ended up doing i'm i'm still in i'm on a zwift time trial event so it's not over yet so i so i recover for five minutes um which was still like 300 305 or something for five minutes and then i'm well shoot man I'm, i gotta win this thing so then i hit it for the last three so it's, it ends up being a 28 29 minute effort and i lost by one second <laughs> and and to add to that, it was 95% to your 30-minute lifetime best. So it was like you took five minutes off in there and still almost had a 30-minute lifetime, close, close, and very close to for being in end of December uh, yeah. indoors on a trainer. I was like, of all of like, yeah, it was a great 23-minute effort. Yeah, it's like you almost made it 25. But the fact that you were that you're putting out the watts that are that close to a 30 minute effort in December inside. That's a big W. I mean, it's just, and it shows like, as you said, doing the aerobic stuff, building up, you know, you had the injury that we talked about and you, you were like, okay, let me get off the bike. Let me get through this. Whereas so many people are like, okay, I got to keep riding. I got to keep riding. I got to keep, and they could still be right now at like 85%. If you're 85%, you're not doing that effort. You know what I mean? You're definitely irritating right. the hell out of your legs. So that was like massive kudos to get over that hurdle. And it's really like you haven't even skipped a beat. Like that's the great thing about endurance sports is there's no hiding. You can't just not ride for two weeks and come back uh, that day. But you can take two weeks off and come back six, eight weeks down the road. So right. double right. And it goes back to your comments earlier about all the 1%, you know, like okay, so I got, I got injured, um, or I don't even know, it really wasn't injury, it was more of just, um, took you off the bike, though, you know, I counted as an injury, inflammation or something, yeah, it, got, it took me off the bike, um, but those 1% to get back, you know, okay, I'm gonna make sure I'm eating right, I'm gonna make sure I'm, my PT is nails, my stretching is nails, my rolling is nails, um, because I can't get on the bike, all this other stuff, I'm gonna do optimally max and so then when i did get back on the bike i i didn't i hadn't lost you know that much i was ready to go mm -hmm. and that's also you know those little things those are little micro wins i mean i notice sometimes when i don't feel like i'm like oh i don't feel that bad i don't really need to foam roll and then the next day i'll be riding i'm like ooh, something feels kind of tight and i'm like damn it i should have just stay on the routine like just do the rolling here you know I don't care who you are. If you are the president of wherever, you have five minutes to foam roll. Um, and I don't know. It's, it's massively worth it. But so 
one thing that a lot of people will start talking about now, especially as COVID is trying to get out of here, hopefully, um, are training camps. And so you had made a comment on this and we want to touch on, I think, two things. Where do we place a training camp? I think we all know the point of a training camp, but let's talk about that. And then what do you do after a camp? And I'll preface that with people are like, I went to training camp. And then they come back and they take like a week off. And I'm like, but wait a minute. I think we have a different idea of what training camp is. So what do you think? Do you just want to get out away from the snow? This is something that, uh, that my former self, well, actually, what am I talking about? I'm in Tennessee and I'm like, I need to get to Florida. It's going to get cold here soon. Is it more mental? Is it for the physical aspect? What's your big goal from a training camp? Um, I, I guess it, it, it could be both, you know, in the past, you know, with, with, um, with one of my teams, we used to go to, to Las Vegas and train out there for a week or 10 days. Um, I did. Like, that doesn't sound like training. Year, so. That sounds like a party. <laughs> See, that's what everybody thinks about Vegas, but I'm telling you, there's this great riding out there. My it's buddy incredible. lives out there and he's, he just bought a gravel bike in, shoot, he's got a bike. I'll call him a cyclist. He's a new cyclist. And uh, I'm like looking up gravel races. I'm like, dude, I need to get out there. And I was out there not biking and it looked incredible we did some hikes but yeah so you would go out there and didn't you guys used to go to tucson also no i i did tucson by myself last okay. uh last january um and you know it's 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 great to get big volume um and to just come in with the mindset that i'm i'm a bike rider for the next seven days I'm going to wake up. I'm going to take care of my body. I'm going to ride. I'm going to roll. I'm going to eat right. I'm going to rest. Um, and you kind of set some of these, the daily grind and responsibilities off to the side and just, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to ride for seven days mm. or however long it's going to be. Um, and that can be refreshing as opposed to just always trying to fit your training into your daily routine, make the training your daily routine just for a week, you know, mm. um, and then, you know, for, for me, I, I've always liked doing high, high volume, you know, of course you're out there, you're in, you're in Tucson, you're not gonna, you're not gonna go out and ride for two and a half hours, you're gonna go big, mm -hmm. and or go twice, you know, or something like that. And then, you know, come back and you don't want to give it all away. So you, you, you still want to keep going. But if you've done it right, you didn't destroy yourself over that period of time. And so, you know, specifically about COVID, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get on a plane and fly out to Tucson. Mm -hmm. um, I'm playing things safe, but, you know, we had talked about doing kind of a, a indoor camp, you know, and you can still have those commitments of I'm going to be a bike rider for the next six days or seven days. Um, I don't have Would to Would you do a total to do camp it. inside? Zwift training. I mean, if I'm here, I don't. It's gonna be tough to get out. To get out, yeah. you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be 20 degrees here and snow on the ground. Mm. <laughs> so I think, how would you? So one comment I was gonna make is, you know, training camp is a time that it depends where the rider is. If it's a mature rider, they're okay going there to do base miles and let people like attack each other. And they don't feel the, the ego drive to like show everybody what's up. And even newer riders, I try to 
to get them like, hey, man, this is supposed to be an endurance aerobic building. Go get hours. You can't go do 15, 20 hours in a week if you are crushing every ride. I mean, you might get through it, but you will pay the price afterwards for sure. Um, you always get the person that gets like a weird overuse injury or they're just, they come back and then they're just exhausted. <laughs> it takes a week to get back to yeah. normal. But one year, one year I got, I got totally sick after one of the camps and I just went too hard every day, you know, and I came back and paid for it. Yeah. And so then you pretty much lost everything that the whole trip, it was a fun trip, but you didn't gain anything <laughs> from an, from a sporting aspect. You know, I think that, so if people go on a camp, you know, have one day where you let loose a little bit, but really, I mean, if you want to use this to get ready for the season, use the volume as Craig's talking about and ride endurance, get the aerobic work in and it's still super fun. It's going to be sunny. It's going to be great weather. Like you don't need to be smashing people in the face. That's what you have the whole season coming up for. And it's like, keep that excitement building. That's one of those things we talked about, about not getting burnt out. Like when you have these things, you're like, man, I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't, I want to do the work. I want to do these intervals because I can't wait to race. I want to go do this long ride, man. It's cold out today. I'm going to go do it. Cause I can't wait to race. Like just keep being excited. If you're just like unleashing this excitement every single day, what do you have to look forward to? You get to the races and you're like, eh, I've kind of, I've kind of been doing this. I've been, beating my buddy the town line sprint every weekend it's like well hey you know life choices but what's what would you do inside how would we change this up a little bit because i think you would go crazy with big volume <laughs> possibly i mean i'm not totally committed to just doing an an, an indoor one i mean i'm i'm trying i'm, I'm going to try to see if i could go south you know, and actually do one mm -hmm. in a warm, mm -hmm. warmer weather climate mm -hmm. um, and actually do, do outdoor miles. Be a lot more tolerable, that's for sure. Man, that'd be awesome. And I was actually talking to Brian Cardona, who lives in upstate New York. We had always tossed around the idea of camps. And I said, next year, this guy is going to be 40 and there's Tour of South Florida Masters. And I was thinking, you, me, him i think we need i think it's a minimum of three people and there it's a there's a lot of masters there it'd be a hard race it's flat but it's a ttt it's a road race that looks like it's gonna be super boring but it's really windy and it was actually super fun and uh the crit the crit is like brutal it's probably one of the hardest crit courses it has two climbs in it it's two climbs and two really fast descents and it's just like over and over and over again. It's, but it was fun. And we can, we'd be able to ride to everything. Eh, actually, you have to drive to the TT. No, wait, you gotta, you gotta drive to the road race. Um, and and this is 2021 or 2022. You're thinking 2022. I'm only going to be 39 this year. So, gotcha. Gotcha. and it's a little too early. I don't know what, what's going on with, you know, COVID's not, it's in February. That's the other thing. So it's early, but so big picture, we kind of, you know, we started this series. I like how the series has more become just chats about training as opposed to just you so that we can touch on more topics, but let's stay to the consistent thread for those people that were interested in this, which I think it will be exciting to follow as we get ready for nationals. 
Um, big picture, we were kind of saying you're getting through a lot of aerobic stuff. Let's continue to start getting into in January some intensive aerobic, more like eight to 10 minute work, super specific for bike racing in general. Um, February, lactate shuttling, or as people call them, over unders, which for someone that might not be familiar with that, really you're creating lactate and then you're clearing it when you're riding at. If you could, if everything was an exact flipping the switch, like you're always, right now we're producing lactate. It's just a really small amount and our body is good at clearing it. When you're riding above FTP, you make more of it. And then when you ride below it, you use, you use it for fuel. And if you're riding at like high zone two, that's actually when you combust more lactate than if you're going at recovery. So for people doing VO2 max intervals, it hurts a little bit, but you'll actually clear more lactate if you ride a little bit harder than you think in between them. But without, without getting too in the weeds on that, um, doing some of that through February, just, just like a physiological block. Like this is all obviously we're doing it for physiology, but really that's just to help your body make and get rid of lactate around FTP to hopefully give you a little bit of a boost there. Um, and then March, before the races start, do a VO2 max block. That would really be the first, not first going hard, but first like repeated efforts of it. And then you're able to start racing in April um, up in upstate New York. So what kind of, what's coming to your mind as we talk about the big picture? Um, maybe questions or thoughts or things you've done before, haven't done before. I guess one question for, for you, like from, as a coach, if you're, if you're getting into, let's say you're, you're hitting your VO2 max uh, intervals. Mm -hmm. And as you know, you know, those, those first doses of, of that high intensity um, work are the ones where you make the most progress. And then you get into to racing in April, what kind of um, adjustment or reshuffling do you do if, you know, if, if some of these races are canceled or the weather's bad or, you know, the plan, plans are great, but obviously there, so, so that would be, that would be one where you, you've just dosed with VO2 max and you're ready to race, but there's no races. Yeah. Right. So I would ask the follow-up question would be, well, what would we be doing otherwise? So like continue to look down the line. So let's say we're going to go through a VO2 max block in March and you say, hey, I've got some training races in April. So two weekends you have training races. And I think we decided we were going to do some FTP stuff before those races for a couple of reasons. You can do an FTP workout no matter what race you have coming up on a Tuesday. And you can totally race on Wednesday or excuse me, on the weekend. Um, if it's an A race, you should be doing a hard workout on a Tuesday to stay, to have some riding in the legs, some intensity in the legs before you go race on the weekend. And then we would say, so we're in April and then we're looking at May and let's say you had two more races and maybe one was an A race. So one of the weeks in April, you might do a lot of volume and go to this race as a B priority race. Well, all of a sudden April races are now canceled, but you think May is still on. Stick to the same schedule and do a race sim on those Saturdays. Pick, build yourself like a kitchen sink workout or even if you want to do a shorter ride, if the weather's kind of crappy, as you said, be like, all right, here's a two and a half hour ride on Zwift, but you're going to try and get like 
two and a half hours, let's say 200 TSS. So just that's like a bike race. Um, that way you can mm-hmm. still do continue to work on your FTP on that Tuesday. You're racing on the weekend and then you're still able to do like uh, a volume week with Zwift, like do maybe one or two races and a training session and then something that's longer if possible. You can probably find a day during that week to do a longer ride in April. It's not going to be raining every day. Um, and that kind of keeps you on track. You got to be a little bit nimble. And as you said, reshuffle things, but there's definitely a way to do it. Now, the bigger question I would say is what happens when May gets canceled? Same thing. I mean, you can still keep training and I highly recommend uh, that someone keep doing that. Now you have two different camps of people. Some people are only motivated by the actual events, which is totally fine. They're only motivated by the actual events this is the time when you need to keep looking down the line and saying, okay, well, if May got canceled, what's up with June? If June is still on, you need to keep training. And if that's not a big enough carrot, I would ask you, well, what's the difference between training in April with an event in June and training in December with an event in April? You know what I mean? Like just shift your mindset. Don't be like, Oh, summer's canceled. I don't have an event next week. I'm like, I don't want to ride. It's like, well, you're just, you're just not a dedicated athlete not to be a jerk, but that's just what it is. Now, if things are canceled for five months out and and then it turns into this year where it's like, okay, maybe the spring races are going to be in the fall. You want to take a break, take a break. I would say, why not use this time to learn more about yourself and find you're always, I don't care what year of training you're in. You're going to learn more about yourself every single year. I mean, I'm talking about being fastest at 40 and this is my, 12th serious year of training and I looked back at a few other seasons I was talking to another coach about some stuff and I was like god like just the way I cycled some stuff doesn't seem like great and I think there were a couple years especially when gravel first popped on I was like getting distracted by different races and um you know my focus wasn't always there whereas I'm a big like believer in like pick two or three big goals go after those and just race everything else like as just show up and race and I look back and I like, I feel like my, this, I really feel this would have been my best year because I've been the most focused. And so I learned a lot this past year through COVID and training and what's worked, what hasn't worked. So, I mean, it's kind of a long verbose answer, but I think if you look down the line, just continue to look down the line and then work it backwards. You know what I mean? So just because a month or two months gets canceled, it's not the biggest deal. Um, Personally, if you're making gains too in like VO2 max workouts or you get through it and it is totally use it or lose it. If you don't use it, it goes away, but hopefully you got better at something in that block and that's going to be well worth it down the road in the long run. So, and worst case scenario, I don't have the setup to do it, but audible and get in some Zwift races. You're going to have world-class competition. And I mean, it's crazy. It's, if, if people are okay riding indoors, dude, there's plenty of yeah. racing going on there. So that's really yeah. actually a great answer for the person who's like only trained to race. Like, all right, we'll go race with. If you really love the events, go race those online. Um, yeah, I like, I like your, your comment about, <clears throat> you know, trying something new when you have, you know, all right, well, this thing just got completely blown up. I'm going to learn something new 
um, not just about training, but specifically about myself, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm always trying different stuff, especially with diet and how I perform on the bike with certain fuel or, you know, whatever. I know you're not a, you're not a fast fasting guy, but you know, I'll, how do I perform in, in this state versus that state? And, you know, it's all, it's a lot of that stuff can be pers you know, individual, mm-hmm. individualized, you know, mm-hmm. um, granted there's, you know, we need carbs, we fuel on carbs, but you know, there, there's, there's some variability and some, and some individualization in there as well. And just to address that, cause I know there will be a common, like, why don't you like fasting? It's like, so my only issues with fasting are that a lot of people just don't execute it properly. They end up just not eating enough and then their workouts suck. And they're like, I don't get why I'm not good. And I'm like, well, you're not eating enough in your window that you've set. And they're like, you know, if you can do it properly. And the other thing is like, it's things that the benefits are hard to not gauge, but like, it's a metric that like, did you get more growth hormone from fasting? You're not going to know unless you're getting like blood measurements done, I guess. Um, and I, I, it's not that I have a problem with that. that. Go ahead. I was just going to say, and that's where, that's where the personalized trial and error has to come in. Yeah. You know, I'm just so like, I crush, I crush coffee in the morning. So it's like, I need some food in there. Like if I have to be fasting and waiting till 10 o'clock so that I can then eat. I'm like, eh. And then I feel like I'm rushing to get carbs in for a ride later. I'm actually in a discussion with somebody else about this. You know, I'm very carb dependent. And while I think I am pretty good at utilizing fat for fuel simply because of the intensity that I do and the length of the rides, like I have to be using fat for some of these rides. Um, like I've done rides where I'll try to only take on like 70 grams of carbs per hour. And I just feel like I get more tired towards the end of the ride. And I don't see the benefit in like eating less to then have less Watts. Cause then it's less strain from that workout for the next workout and the next workout. And those, all those 1%. Whereas, you know, I would say then, everybody should go out and see what works for them. Yeah, you really got to. And I mean, I think it's, then I think, you know, we go to extremes. It's like one sweet spot session is good. Let's do five. Oh, I'm going to utilize fat. Now I'm on ketosis and I don't need carbs. And it's like, I mean, team sky literally screwed up so many amateur cyclists in a season. They're like, no one, they're not eating carbs. They're on a high fat diet. That's all they eat. It's like, that's not, nope. That's, part of what they're doing but that's not what they're doing they're eating a lot of carbs before bike races and you're not choosing to read that part of the article and now you suck there's no doubt that you know your performance your performance is going to be better if you're eating carbs while you're riding and you're looking for performance but you can also there's you know we train so that we can race faster and so like if i if you go out and do a, a a zone two endurance ride fasted See how that how that works for you two days down the road after you've had it and and you are eating carbs and eating on the bike. Do you perform better? Does you know? Do you last longer? You know, those would be the kind of examples I would say. You know, go out and try and see what works. I'm never going to go to a race and think I'm going to race faster if I don't eat during this race. Yeah, that's not that's that's not what I'm saying. No, no, I I know that. And the other thing I think people no, I know, I know. 
people need to be careful of if they go and do a fasted ride and then try and go hard the next day. If, you know, it takes, and the number I've heard different numbers, I've heard 12 to 24 hours, I've heard 10 to 15 hours, but like, make sure your glycogen is restored or else you're not gonna be able to push as hard. Yeah, the fasting thing is not, not something I'm gonna push. I'm, you know, like everything, moderation, I'm sure there's some benefit somewhere. I just don't see the game being that huge. So you got any, anything else for this session? No, just uh, just keep plugging away. I like the progression and where we're headed. And I feel like, you know, looking back where we started back, I don't even know when it was, if it was August, you know, September, October, somewhere September, in there. Yeah. But um, yeah, I like, I like where I'm at, especially considering uh, so much time, you know, off the bike. I had a bad August. September wasn't very good. Um, but, you know, where I'm at right now, I feel pretty good, all things considered. Awesome. That's great to hear. Got to keep that rolling. Keep the consistency going. That'll be key, especially as you head into the dark period. And this is like winter's getting ready. January and February can be tough. So just got to hunker down and get through it and hope for no snow in March. And we'll see where things go from here. Sounds good. All right, man. I'll talk to you soon. Have a good holiday. Yeah, you too. All right. See you. See you, Craig.